This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Nancy Flowers. She is the Vice President of Insights and Loyalty at Haggerty. She is a loyalty strategist, client experience, and voice of the customer expert, marketing professional, and champion of change. Nancy, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thanks, Nick. That uh, You make me sound really impressive. <laughs> you are really impressive, Nancy. <laughs> so one question I ask every guest at the very beginning is, what's one thing people might not know about you? Some people know this, but I would say my colleagues don't know this. But when I grow up, I'd like to be a Broadway actress. And uh, <laughs> so I do quite a bit of amateur uh, theater, you know, community theater and things like that. And I, I sit on the board of a nonprofit professional theater, which I'm really proud of, which is Parallel 45. So I kind of keep that on the down low at work. <laughs> well, it might not be on the down low after this. Uh, people <laughs> people are going to uh, get in front of you uh, and say, hey, uh, let's, let's, start a, let's start a show. But that's awesome. When you grow up, you want to be a, a Broadway actress. Uh, if you I could do. pick one show to be on, your dream show, what would it be? Well, probably my favorite show of, of all times is A Chorus Line. So I love that show. I've been in that show a couple times. So to do that on Broadway would be my dream. Wow. Uh, I think we need to start a campaign tomorrow. Uh, get Nancy <laughs> on Broadway. Get the old uh, ladies out there again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that uh, you're, you're not as old as you say you think you are. Uh, <laughs> and it, you still have a chance. So uh, best of luck with that. Uh, let's switch over to, to Haggerty. So Haggerty Insurance is an automate, automotive lifestyle brand. I think that the listeners could say, well, what does that mean? Uh, so let me just ask the, the expert, uh, what, does, what, does, what does it mean to be an automotive lifestyle brand? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with a little history. So over 30 years ago, Haggerty was an insurance agency in town, and the family owned uh, wooden boats old Chris Crafts, things like that, and they could not find a company to insure them. And so they started out actually in the marine insurance business for antique boats and parlayed that into a, a very large, we're actually the largest specialty insurance company in the world for collector vehicles. So think of your classic Mustangs, you know, even your exotics like Lamborghinis, those types of vehicles, vintage Harleys. So anything that's sort of appreciating in value, we we insure. And so that's our roots. Our roots were in collector vehicle insurance. But over the last probably 10 years, we've really shifted and we're still shifting, you know, every day into a more membership model. So we're a membership organization that is built around the automotive lifestyle. So we have, you know, products and services that cover them throughout 
their automotive journey. So some of our, our larger sort of business um, arms are we have a media and entertainment company. So that is, you know, we have a we have a award-winning magazine. It's one of the largest automotive publications out there. It's fabulous. We do original content. Some of your listeners may have watched, you know, Barn Find Hunter or Redline Rebuilds. Um, we have things like valuation tools where our members can go look at the values, watch the market, see what their car is valued by putting in their VIN and make and model. DriveShare is one of our newer offerings, which is actually a peer-to-peer platform for renting vehicles, collector vehicles. So you guys have probably used Turo. It's that, but for really cool cars. So if you're on a vacation or, you know, you have a wedding or something like that, you know, consider checking out DriveShare. It's great. And then um, very grounded in events and experiences, whether that's, you know, cars and coffee, uh, throughout the nation, or um, we do a lot of driving academies, like how to drive a manual, right? Track days, learn how to kind of race your car. And then just that robust community, right, online. So we really have evolved well beyond insurance. It's still a product we offer. We're still the best in the universe at that product, but um, to, to follow our members along their automotive journey. Man, that's so amazing that you guys have all these additional services outside of insurance, even though that's the core of what you do. Yeah. You have, uh, I mean, DriveShare sounds, I kind of geek out about that. Like, you know, anytime that you go on vacation and you have the ability to, to rent an exotic car, even for an hour, you know, half day or a day, uh, that'd be so awesome. Why is that so important, though, to have all of these additional value added services or things that are not necessarily the core uh, to the business? At first, it started sort of organically, right? So we were really good at what we did. We always focused on, you know, um, it's a family-owned business, although we're about to go public. (laughs) Um, But family-owned business. Yeah, thank you. Family-owned business, really passionate about Mikhail Haggerty, for example, who is our CEO now, I think he restored a Porsche 911 when he was like 15 years old. He paid like $500 for it. Um, so the family and our was always very passionate about the hobby. So that naturally sort of evolved into more than just insurance. So one of our first ancillary products was actually roadside. Because as you can imagine, these older cars they tend to break down, right? You're out on the road, you're out for fun, a family day. And we didn't want a truck and a hook showing up for those customers. So we established a roadside product that is designed for collector vehicles. So it started very slow and organically. You know, the media and entertainment company, when I started, so I've been with Haggerty a long time, 16 years. And when I started, we had like a tri-fold newsletter that we sent in the mail to customers with just really cool other member stories, right? Somebody restored this car, somebody went on this road trip. And so it sort of evolved organically, but insurance comes and goes, right? I might own a car and then I don't have a car anymore because I'm putting my kids through college. And then I buy another car where that's why we want to be with you before you own a car, right? When you're just dreaming about cars, how can we be a part of your automotive lifestyle? All the way through to, 
you know, do, do you need to a program for your collection as you're aging, right? Like who, who are we going to leave these cars to? What do we do with this legacy? So it started organically, but it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It, it reminds me, I, I interviewed uh, Dan Gingas and he was talking about the Amazon experience. He's like, with the Amazon experience, you, yeah, you get Amazon prime, but you get also Amazon, you know, you get the the shows with Amazon, you get the two day delivery with Amazon, you get all of these additional things that you didn't pay for at the beginning, but now you get it as a service. And so it reminds me so much of that, that you guys are constantly finding ways to add value to, yes. to your members without, without saying, Hey, we have all the, this additional services. Do you want them? You're just like, Hey, th- this is the things that we can provide. And we want to guide you to where you want to go in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Amazon's a great example. I, I think the other piece of Amazon that's interesting is, right, we we all buy membership in Am- Amazon for different reasons, right? So I may have gotten it because I'm a frequent shopper and I wanted the free shipping, but you may have gotten it for their uh, streaming service or for a discount on Audible, right? So um that is a model we look at, um, although we're not transactional based. You know, for us, it's very much about that relationship over the life of their journey. But it's it's an interesting model we should all pay attention to, right? So there's so many more entry points for Amazon now than just shopping. Yeah, yeah, there is absolutely. Uh, they are getting into everything and and uh, trying to dominate everything, but it's tough to do it when you have the experience with the insurance, even they're, they're trying on the insurance space, but they, when you yeah. deliver the experience that Haggerty does, it differentiates than what you can at, at a larger organization. So kudos to you guys, but um, let's switch a little bit to, to your role. You are the VP of insights and loyalty. Tell me more about what you're responsible for at Haggerty. Yeah. So, so at the highest level, you know, we're charged with understanding and championing that member-centric mindset, right, throughout the organization. But that is about keeping the business informed on key drivers of growth and satisfaction, engagement, and retention. But really out of those insights, the reason we are insights and loyalty is that, you know, we we want to derive strategies that continually add value to the member. We want to build that long-term member value. So if you think about, you know, at at the highest level, you have to really understand loyalty to then determine the strategy to build more loyalty. So that's kind of at the high level day-to-day, just to get practical here. You know, we measure and monitor the health of the brand So we're doing that through, you know, surveys and research. We handle VOC, so voice of the customer, any feedback management, both on a transactional and a relationship level. We conduct a variety of research. Right now we're doing some product and pricing research for the company. We might be doing, you know, market research on something else. We also are really uh, keep... We need to stay abreast of the trends out there, consumer and brand trends, and we do feed that to the organization as well. And so lots of synthesizing of business intelligence, research to provide those actionable insights and, you know, inform business decisions and strategy. That sounds really cool. So how do you 
at Hegarty define what loyalty, because I think loyalty can mean a lot yeah. of things to a lot of people. It's such a charged term, isn't it? Yeah. It's such a charged term right now. So we, we actually, and we've done a lot of work on this over the years, and it sounds silly, like, well, you can't define loyalty, but I think we're really good. Companies are good at defining the outcome of loyalty. So we've spent a lot of time thinking about what does a loyal member look like to Haggerty and, and how does a loyal member behave versus just somebody that's bought our product who we will always treat well <laughs> and we love them too. But what does a loyal member look like to Haggerty? So it really is about they need to have that emotional connection to the brand and, and we do mm. measure that. So we want them to embrace Haggerty for everything we do, insurance and and beyond around that enthusiast lifestyle. And we also, they don't necessarily have to, we, we do, I, I think they need to support our cause. So at Haggerty, our cause is really to save driving and car culture. And we can talk more about that later. But I think I'm not sure they need to believe in it, <laughs> right? But they do have to support it in some way. You know, ultimately, we want them to feel like a, a sense of belonging, a part of a community, not that they've just bought a product. And I think our, our aspirational definition of Haggerty, of, of loyalty for Haggerty, is that they think of us first for all their automotive needs. So we may not be able to serve them. You know, we don't sell oil. <laughs> But we can tell them the best oil for their car, right? So they come to Haggerty as sort of that, you know, they think of Haggerty first for those automotive needs. You know, one of the things that you mentioned was having an emotional connection. I want to get to that, but I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in it just so I remember uh, to get back to it. But it's so, so awesome on how you guys define loyalty. So how do you drive customer engagement then when and loyalty at Haggerty? Because I think there's, there's loyalty and then there's engagement. Yeah, it's let me let me just reference something here. But mm -hmm. again, loyalty is a charged term. And I think a lot of times when we think of driving loyalty, we think about programs, points, <laughs> catalogs with swag, yeah. discounts, yeah. buy 10, and get one free. Yeah, yeah. And so we think of it differently at Haggerty, right? It's it's sort of an overall strategy of building that long term value, you know, and in turn, we get value. <laughs> We're not just doing this out of the kindness of our heart, but so there's, there's different sort of aspects of loyalty that, that you need to stay on top of at a company. One of the things is like, it starts with, are your products valuable? If you don't have valuable products, it's kind of a non-starter, right? I'm not going to be loyal if I don't need your, your products. And then you know, all those basic things like dependability and trust and, you know, ease and effectiveness. So those those kind of foundational components of loyalty, we say, you know, those are non-starters. So we, um, we think of loyalty, the first kind of pillar of loyalty, if you will, is creating that foundation. And that's those great products and fabulous interactions. Then we really start to get a little more programmatic about it, but we believe that to foster, right, fostering loyalty is the next kind of phase for us or next pillar is about building that emotional connection. And so that is about 
empathy and understanding, you know, if they have a claim with us, for example, that's about showing appreciation. Some of those, you know, really silly things like sending a handwritten thank you note or recognizing you've been in business with us for five years and showing appreciation for that. And we build a lot of fostering of that emotional connection around what we call sort of moments that matter to our enthusiasts, to our members. So there's some obvious moments that matter, right? A claim that really matters. And then there's some yeah. not so obvious moments that matter. The first time they show a car in, in a concours, you know, when they finish a restoration. So we may know that your car is under restoration because of the way you've insured it. And when you finish that and call us, we know how cool that is. We know how much sweat and tears went into that. And so making sure that we're connecting on those moments that really matter to, to our members. And then I'd say the third pillar for us is really about forging those fans for life. And that is when they become a part of the community. They're advising other collectors. They are um, showing kids how to drive manuals. Those shared experiences, mm -hmm. shared values, and that's where we forge that relationship, which it's no longer about a transaction like I need insurance or I need this membership product or I want this magazine. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, you kind of touched on a couple of things when it comes to the moments that matter. I mean, when, when somebody's restoring a vehicle and it's insured one way and then they transition it to the next, it's in customer service, it would just be, uh, oh, let me drop down and, and change the the service or the insurance, the amount. It could be nothing to the customer service rep, but you're making it a moment to matter because it matters not to necessarily to the customer service rep, until they're aware of it and they understand the why they're transitioning it from point A to point B. But it's the consumer that's saying, man, uh, typically it takes, you know, six months or a year or three years or five years, depending on the time, money uh, that you have. And it's just acknowledging it in that moment or that five year anniversary. And I think that's so awesome that you guys are taking that time to uh, create an alert that says, it's time to reach out to them and congratulate them in the moment that matters to them. So that's so cool. But how do you, how do you prioritize that? The, the moments that matter? Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like I need to give a big shout out to our member service center, Nick, because they are, I mean, and we all, um, it's funny, but when I first started to, to work at Haggerty, I was like, this is a little bit like a cult, you know, like, like people, <laughs> um, but you know, and, and I think Nike said it best, right? But when you work at Nike, you have to understand the spirit of sport, 
right? And when you work at Haggerty, you have to understand these cars have meaning to people. It is it is not about transportation, right? We all we all have cars for transportation. These are really meaningful cars, whether it takes them back to a time in their life or it's something they always aspired to own. And nobody gets that better than our member service center. And they they do amazing work in really being in those moments with our collectors and, and recognizing them and and connecting. And, and that's a great example, you know, that you were saying that, you know, when they're on the phone with someone, because we can do all the touch points in the world, right? Like an anniversary card goes out in five years. But if there isn't that human connection, I don't I don't yeah. think we get there. Yeah, I would 100% agree. If you are not, if you send a a trifold that says, hey, thanks for doing business with us, and it was already pre-printed, automated, but it's it's Nancy that sends uh, a quick two-minute letter, and it takes two minutes of your time, and you can still measure against it if you really want to, but you're taking it and you're saying, hey, Joe, I just want to let you know, uh, I love that car. It's one of my favorite cars. Um, you know, Thanks for doing business with us. Uh, appreciate the support. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a different perspective and it doesn't take a whole lot more time. Yeah, yeah. But I think you asked me about the moments that matter. How do, how do we determine those? And we actually, we, we, had, we did a large body of work on this, probably the end of 2017 into 2018. You know, there are some, again, that are, are really obvious. If you, if you think of a claim, that moment has got to go right, right? And some may be a little less obvious, like, uh, so we talked about our roadside product, which is, you know, designed specifically for collector vehicles. But what we learned through some of the, the quantitative and qualitative work that we did is that, like, if a customer, if a member of ours uses roadside in the first year and that goes poorly, they are gone. We lose them. It's really interesting when you start to, and, and what you're doing is you're doing work to correlate, right? Certain moments, certain experiences, certain transactions, how, how highly do they correlate to loyalty? And again, some are obvious and some are not. I will tell you one that really surprised us was um, when people look up vehicle values. So we knew people loved our valuation tools. We did not we did not realize that that was what we would call a critical moment. So if I go to see what my what value my car is worth, and either it's not there, <laughs> or um, I'm not trusting the values you're giving me, right? Like that. That's a really that's a very critical moment for us. Um, so Nick, I'll, I'll, would you be up for a pop quiz? Yeah, let's uh, let's do this. I, I wasn't oh. prepped. You didn't give me the answers, and I don't even have the odd answers in the back of the book. So okay, uh, let's let's go. So when you think about your business, right, and these moments that yeah. matter, there's some that are more critical than others, right? And so, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about some industries or businesses, and you tell me what you think is sort of ranks in terms of criticality of the moment. So an yeah. airport experience. Man, when it comes to the airport experience, it it starts probably online, but then it goes into uh, the interaction with the the person at the gate. Okay, it is actually your experience in the bathroom. Ah, 
So when you're at an airport, when you're in an airport, if you're ranking sort of experiences and correlating it with loyalty, it's was the bathroom clean? Was there a line? Like, you know, did the sink Mm. work? So you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of that, right? We as, we as CX experts are thinking, well, it starts here in it. Um, so, okay. Fine dining. Fine dining. Was the silverware clean? How quickly someone took your drink order. Wow. So isn't it, it's interesting when you, yeah. So you think about it, you're out for a nice meal, right? Like you expect really high service and the indication that service is going to be good is do they come does my evening get started, right? We all, we all, we all need that cocktail with our fine meal, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so it's interesting. But I think the reason you have to go through that exercise to understand what does correlate most highly with loyalty is I think the mistake we make, and I've done this too, is we measure everything in client experience, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, we prioritize everything in client experience. And when you do that, and there's a lot of noise in what you're measuring, there's no meaning in what you're measuring. Like, what does it correlate to? Financials, you know, satisfaction. And, and then you run into the, um, you know, if everything's important, nothing's important. Yeah, that's uh, it's so important. I love the I love the pop quiz, even though I was a zero for two. It was a great <laughs> lesson right. to the listeners that they get to uh, experience. You know, I, I think it's it's a great lesson to realize it's not necessarily what you think as an organization, but what the what the consumer thinks of of what the moments that matter. Uh, very cool. So. I mentioned that I was going to take the pin, uh, put it on the shelf and bring it back. So uh, when it comes to the emotional connection, how do you build an emotional connection in the moments that matter? Now I feel like I'm having a pop quiz. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> the tables have turned, Nancy. <laughs> the tables have turned. Um, no, you do. I, I mean, one thing is to understand what elements of those moments matter, right? Um, yeah. So... But I'll give you an example with roadside. We actually, so when you think about what's a good roadside experience, again, you think, okay, well, time for the tow truck to get there, like time for them to dispatch. And while that is important, there is actually, with our particular roadside, empathy, showing empathy, having the agent show empathy is really important because it turns out when you break down in your collector vehicle, it's a more emotional thing than when you break down in your regular vehicle. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's aggravating in your regular vehicle, and it's annoying, but there's an aspect of showing off when you're in your collector vehicle, right? We all love those car guys, thumbs up, right? Looking good in that <laughs> Corvette. Um, it's yeah. also, you are typically out to have fun, in these vehicles, right? So you're taking the family for ice cream, right? Or you're just taking a beautiful drive down the peninsula. Or so we actually, a couple years ago, we switched roadside providers and all of our metrics, all of our transactional metrics were hitting, right? Like time to answer, time to dispatch, time for arrival. But we were getting rated lower in terms of uh, the experience, satisfaction, Um, This was before we measured emotion, but 
Um, NPS was getting rated lower. And so we really dug in and did some root cause analysis. And it was that the agents weren't showing empathy. (laughs) They hadn't been trained that this is a really emotional, um, you know, situation for these. So we actually did a big training around it and saw scores return. Wow. Yeah, I think it's so important to empathy should be first acknowledging in, in sitting where they're at today instead of just solving their problem. It's saying, yeah. I got to hit my metric. I got to hit my first, my uh, uh, AHT, uh, my average handle time. Uh, it's all about uh, sitting there in the moment. I, I can't imagine having a, a crazy Lamborghini in the amount of time or money <laughs> that you invest into it, or even a collector right. car that you're, you know, that, that 911 Porsche and uh, the time that you put into it and all of a sudden it breaks down, regardless of what yeah. it is, if it was an accident or the engine dies or uh, something flat tire, even like that experience yeah. has to be definitely emotional. So it's, uh, you know, one thing that I had a question on and, and we're, we're getting close to time, but you know, how, how can you take that, that correlation between the human emotion to business value? Is there a way to do that? Yeah. I mean, I, absolutely. I think, I think the thing you have to do is create what I call it a measurement framework, right? So the framework that we have at Haggerty is we have sort of transactional metrics, right? So, um, and, and we, uh, Tracy Conzer, my colleague here at Haggerty coined it the three E's, right? But on transactions, we measure emotion, um, ease and effectiveness. And, um, so let's say, let's say we have a transaction now that goes poorly for, for a long time, right? It's really hard to correlate it. You know, uh, just a quick blip, your website doesn't work, you know, you're whatever. But uh, if you have a transaction that is rated lower on emotion than another transaction over time, you will see that bear out in what I call our relationship metrics, right? So if you think of a framework, you start here with the transactions, then we move into the relationship and we we see the correlation between certain transactions and the relationship and the relationship metrics. So those I, you know, NPS for us is a relation, relationship metric, likelihood to um, repurchase, you know, likelihood to um, re- stay. So we have these relational metrics that absolutely at Hagerty correlate with business outcomes. So we know, and we've been doing it a long time. Some of it takes time, right, or volume, but we know what you know a, a three-point drop in sort of NPS would mean for us in terms of growth and retention. So the emotions are at sort of that that transactional level. But if you build a framework that connects those dots between your transactions to your relationships to your business outcomes, um, you can you can figure it out. Yeah, I love that you're focusing from emotions to business outcomes. I think that's it's tough sometimes for organizations to to connect the dots there. It's oh, I I understand NPS, I understand CSAT, I understand customer effort, yeah. I understand that the important to have empathy, but how do I align that with business business outcomes? And uh, so important that you're that you're doing that. Uh, maybe I'll have my guests uh, rate me on emotion 
ease and effectiveness on the podcast uh, at yeah. some time, but <laughs> not not on this one. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll have you do that offline uh, on on the podcast. But yeah. uh, Nancy, I, I wrap up every single uh, podcast with two questions to all my guests, and and the first okay. one is, what's a book or person who has influenced you the most in the past year? And I'll have you answer that one, and I'll get to the next one. Yeah. So um, I have to, this is a bit of a shout out too, but Robbie Baxter, who is um, one of the biggest thought leaders in subscription and membership models. So she wrote a book um, quite a while ago, maybe eight years ago, called The Membership Economy. And um, that, that really helped us launch sort of are um, that seed of an idea to be a membership organization. And we worked with her. She consulted with us to develop sort of our model that we have today. But this year, she launched another book called The Forever Transaction. And it is really about, you know, those relationships versus transactions and how, you know, it isn't well, membership and subscription models are great. If you're not building that sort of lifelong relationship, you know, it's not going to last. And um, so that that book in particular this year, where we are in our journey has been really instrumental in the way that we're thinking about where we need to head in the future. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I follow her online and she's she's definitely a thought leader in the space. Yeah, so, she's great. Uh, I yep. love that. Um, yeah. So the, the next one and the last one is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service and customer experience professionals, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? Oh my goodness. It's not a straight line. Give yourself some grace. I often, one of the things that I speak about from time to time is the maturity model of CX, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I look at my path over the last 10 years and, you know, there's, there's, there's been some, some years where I feel like I've gone backwards, right? Um, it's just not a straight line and give yourself some grace continually uh, be, f- be flexible enough to reinvent yourself. Because I think client experience, you know, right? Consumers evolve and so do our roles. Yeah, very, very great advice. I love the yeah. give yourself a little grace. Sometimes we get so worked up in the <laughs> yeah. CX space that we, we're like, oh, it's not working or the metric, we didn't hit it or we're not right. leaning on the business o- o- outcome. But if you just give yourself a little grace and say, it's not the end of the world, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. Uh, I love yeah. that. Um, so what's the best way for my listener to, to find you or, or let's say they have this amazing collector car and they just didn't know that you guys existed, uh, best way to get a hold of Haggerty Insurance. Yeah. So Haggerty.com and you're going to see a lot more than insurance there. That's where you can watch our cool videos and see all of our content and magazines, look up values of cars, you know, think about buying a car. There's lots of um, information and entertainment there. So Haggerty.com is, is probably the best place to see us. Find us. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Nancy. Appreciate your time. I had a blast and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. It was great to be here. Hey listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.